0: Welcome to Life on the Watercrest Line. In this series we follow the activities of the line throughout the year. We go behind the scenes and see all aspects of the operation. The Spring Steam Gala. This event features two visiting locomotives and trips on the freight train and then that will be followed
1: up from by
0: We've had sunshine, we've had rain, heavy rain, and a lot of wind, particularly overnight. And the first train has been delayed quite significantly here at Ropley. Just leaving now. Because of a tree across the line between Ropley and Medstead, Althorp Station. Carriages are in the platform, but there's no locomotive yet to take them up to Four Marks. The first train is at 10 o'clock this morning and so we're waiting for the locomotive to come down from Ropley where it will have been serviced overnight. There's an air of expectation now because the first locomotive is signalled. Cameras and tripods are at the ready. Carriage is ready to connect up. The hoses are loose. A bit of a breeze this morning, overnight rain but the sun's trying to get out from behind the clouds. So the locomotive is now in the station, connected to the train, ready for the 10 o'clock departure to 4 via Ropley, locomotive number 76017. The fireman's been very helpful to the station staff by giving them a wheelbarrow load of coal for the fire because it's quite a chilly morning here at Ullsford. Definitely a March wind blowing through the station. The fireman's ensuring that there's a good fire ready for the uphill climb all the way to Medstead. There appears to be an excessive amount of steam escaping from the steam heating pipe makes the photographs atmospheric but whether that's intended or not I'm not quite sure in fact we're getting to a stage now
1: where the whole of the
0: platform at one end is starting to get wreathed in steam somebody just making sure that the clips are properly fastened for the steam heating hopefully that will reduce the amount of steam that they're losing 76017 was built in 1953 in Horwich, so it's nearly as old as I am. As we wait here at Arlesford for the first train to leave, another locomotive is coming into the station. In fact, this one looks to be double-headed. The Loco crew have now
1: got the token,
0: so as one of them said, we're waiting for the man at the back. Last passengers getting on the train, and we're off. The ex-London Transport locomotive L92 has just received its token to enable it to travel back down the line to Ropley and Arlesford.
1: So the locomotive has the token, the signal is set, the passengers
0: are on. It's nearly time to leave. London Transport 060 Pannier Tank No. L92 The Great Western Railway 5700 class was a class of 060 Pannier Tank steam locomotives. They were built between 1929 and 1950 by both the Great Western and also British Railways. In all, 863 were built, making the most prolific class in the Great Western and one of the most numerous classes of all British steam locomotives. Officially, the Great Western designated them as light goods and shunting engines, but they were also used for passenger working on branch, suburban and shorter mainline journeys. As a result of the 1955 modernisation plan, the 5700 class was withdrawn from British Railway service between 1956 and 1966. Nineteen of the withdrawn locomotives were then sold to London Transport and to industry. Ten of these were later preserved, along with six that were retrieved from scrapyards. Although the London Underground network had been electrified for many years, there were a small number of steam locomotives used for engineering and ballast trains. A class 5700 locomotive underwent trials from January to April in 1956, first running between Finchley Road and Baker Street. Modifications were needed to the cab for clearance and the brake valves after problems when running in reverse. Curtains were also fitted to the cab to reduce smoke and fumes in tunnels. In May 1956, the 5700s became the standard for engineering trains on London Transport. They paid £3,162 for numbers 7711. Between 1956 and 63, 13 were bought and were numbered L89 to L99 and were allocated to the depots at Lily Bridge in Fulham and Neesden. They worked permanent way trains and were never used on normal passenger services. Mainline running included trips between depots to the Acton Works and runs out to Croxley Tip, near Watford. Three of the locomotives lasted until the end of steam on London Transport in 1971, and they were the last steam locomotives used for regular mainline working in the United Kingdom. L92 was purchased from London Transport in 1969 by the Worcester Locomotive Society. The locomotive can normally be found on the South Devon Railway, where it has been based since 1993. Crew change taking place whilst the train is here at Rockley station. London Transport L92. The first down train of the morning is now just coming into Ropley. It's one of the guest locomotives this weekend, named after Major General Frank S. Ross. WD 300 is one of 382 American shunting locomotives built for the United States Army Corps of Engineers during the Second World War. These were built for overseas service. During the war, they saw service in England, North Africa, the Middle East, Italy, and Western Europe after D Day. After the war, these locomotives were employed in a number of countries, including France, Austria, Greece. Egypt, Palestine, Iraq and Yugoslavia. The 42 members of the class loaned to the War Department were stored at Newbury Racecourse Station. 15 were later purchased by the Southern Railway for £2,500 each. 14 of these were used for shunting at Southampton docks because their short wheelbase was well suited to the sharp curves on the dock lines. Two of the locomotives are now on the Kent and East Sussex Railway. They were War Department numbers 1960 and 1968 and were put into service by the Southern Railway in April and November 1947. There have been various modifications for British use, including ancillary equipment, bunker capacity and cab alterations for greater crew comfort. Despite these alterations, the locomotives still have the appearance of typical American switchers, with bar frames, no running plates, stovepipe chimneys, sand domes, outside valve gear and cylinders driving onto the rear axle. They worked well round Southampton docks. The only major issue was a tendency to suffer from hot boxes or hot bearings when running journeys are more than a few miles. Their dockside service lasted until 1962, when they were replaced by diesel shunters. In August 1963, No. 30070 was transferred to departmental stock and renumbered DS238, and was sent to Ashford Wagon Works. It was painted green and named Wainwright, after the South East and Chatham Railway's first locomotive superintendent. The journey from Eastleigh to Ashford took a month to complete because of the hotbox trouble encountered en route. Number 30065 was also transferred to Ashford in November 1963 as DS237. It was painted green and named Mornsall after the Southern Railway's first chief mechanical engineer. The pair were used at Ashford until April 1967 when DS 237 was laid aside followed two months later by DS 238. In March 1968 they were sold to Woodham's Scrapyard at Barry in South Wales. But, as usual, they had hot boxes whilst under tow and didn't get further than Tunbridge. They remained there on the site of the former locomotive shed until they were resold to the Kent and East Sussex Railway in August 1968. Wainwright entered traffic in 1994 as DS-238. She represented the railway at the 150th anniversary of railways at the National Railway Museum in York, but was then withdrawn for routine overhaul. This was completed in late 2017 and the locomotive returned to service in Longmore Military Railway military livery as WD-300. is blowing through the trees as we are waiting for the goods train to come back into the platform. It is getting a lot windier as the morning progresses. But we keep getting bursts of sunshine as well. The up freight train is watering here at Ropley. There are a number of people on the Queen Mary brake van, no doubt finding it a trifle cool as they travel. That means the freight train can now go up the line to Medstead. So, in a cloud of steam, it's now setting off with a good load of freight. couple of the local I'm with David Taylor from the Wagon Group and we're at the Queen Mary brake van. Now David, where did this what come from?
1: Well it, well, it came from the Cunglotham Railway. Um, it was in quite good running order, but it needed quite a lot of work done on it. it was one, one side of the wagon had to be stripped out because the tongue and groove was upside down, and that means that the water ingresses into the groove and rots the wood, so that had to come out. Uh, various, uh, it obviously had to have a lot of paint work done to it. Um, there were various... Uh, <coughs> I'm not quite sure what you call this elliptical bit on the end, but they were plywood and should have been metal, and they now are metal, and that was cut for us by the um, the Ropley uh, shed. It had no sandboxes on either end, so they've been manufactured. Although they're not working, they could work if they were piped. What else? Oh, the uh, cabin itself uh, didn't have a stove, and it now does have a stove, and it was uh, benched out really to carry passengers, and we... Took that out so that the guard could see out the ducats, and there's a, a storage bench in there for things like couplings and pipes that might be needed in the event of a breakdown.
0: Why is it called the Queen Mary's? <laughs>
1: well, we, we think it's probably because it was built at the time of uh, the coronation of Queen Mary. That's probably, I'd better leave that as the polite answer. <laughs> the other answer is that. <laughs> Queen Mary was quite a large lady, and uh, this is a large brake van, so <laughs> draw your own conclusions.
0: <laughs> I will leave people to draw their own conclusions, but it's also double bogied.
1: Yes, it's articulated. It, it was originally a, a coach body, and they built the wagon cap on the top. Thank you. <laughs>
0: This podcast is published by the Mr T Podcast Studio.